0: Welcome to Try Not To Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who have made this podcast possible. Of course, they are makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh so incredible custom stable scleral lens. In case you're wondering, I'm on the East Coast. My name is Dr. James Diem, and I'm joined by my talented co-host, who is rep in the West Coast, Dr. Roya Habibi. What's up, Roya? September is what's up, people. Yo. And
1: it is shocking, to say the least. Why is it that when we get older, everything happens faster? I don't really get it.
0: I wonder if there's a... Biological explanation for that. But it's so actually, true.
1: Yes, there is. And one of my super, you know, like outworldly friends was telling me that there's actually some proven theory, which I guess theories aren't proven, but about how when you're a child, every day you live is a large proportion of your life, right? So mm. it time goes slower versus mm. when you're, you know. 35 year old right and i'm like 30 because i'm young
0: <laughs> right I'm so true the
1: proportion huh. of every day of my life is smaller and so how much time how t- how fast time passes is faster
0: is it does that does make that sense have to, is that because of the experience you, ha- you, you like experientially it's a larger proportion because there's time as a unit that's the same every day i, I know understand. i
1: think it's just the perception of time huh should we do a I visual perception to lecture that. today wasn't psych i said should we do a perception lecture today oh no
0: just kidding deep totally, totally september deep. it comes from the latin septum meaning seven since it was the seventh month of the roman calendar did you know that
1: shocking right. it,
0: which it actually began with march there are 30 days in september and uh, did you know i didn't even know there were birth flowers did you know there were birth flowers
1: no. I know that there are, well, kind of, I guess. There's like birthstones and
0: there's birthstones. There's apparently yeah. birth flowers. September has three the Forget Me Not, the Morning Glory, and the Aster. Forget Me Not represents love and memories. Asters represent love as well. And the morning glory represents unrequited love. The Ooh. birthstone for the month is the sapphire, which well, it's a pretty it's a pretty good one. Fancy. Um Holidays. There's lots to celebrate in September, of course. The most well-known holiday in September is Labor Day. Um, Native American Day is also celebrated on the fourth Friday of September. Grandparents Day is observed in the United States on the first Sunday of Labor Day. Constitution Day, celebrating the ratification of the governing document of the United States, is observed on the 17th. And the Autumn Equinox is on September 22nd. Of course, there is a list of ridiculous days in September also. September 5th is National Cheese Pizza Day. September 9th is National Teddy Bear Day. September 16th is National Play-Doh Day. And September 19th day, which we will be celebrating on the podcast, is International Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> okay. Good. <Yeah. laughs> That's Very all. good. Yes. You're welcome.
1: Appreciate that. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone else, for getting to listen to that. <laughs> You're all welcome. <laughs> Jimmy, yes. are you a morning person or a night out?
0: I am definitely a morning person. I think that it's difficult to uh, sometimes get in a groove of waking up, but I, I don't know if it's like I'm an—I'm an old man now, but I gotta get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> at oh my like god! Four thirty, five o'clock. I get up and I'm up. And you know, I get up and I'm up. So I'm like, you know, in the groove with getting up and working out, and so I'm a morning person. Well, and I want to be in bed by like 9 or 10 o'clock at night, pretty much.
1: I mean, I guess that happens once you have babies and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Well, I think I'd probably say that I'm more of a night person. But I've been transitioning. I've started working out in the morning as well, and it's life-changing. Like, I actually can't even consider working out after work anymore. It's like I don't even have the energy nor interest to do it. Right. And I just sleep better if you work out in the morning. It's great. Totally. I think you're skinnier too, but verdict's out on that. Anyways, Mm -hmm. there was a study that actually was just completed from University of Manchester that actually found a link between being a morning person and being a night person on – so they looked at a bunch of different things. I should note that they did this longitudinal study that started in 1983. Whoa. Where they took a cohort of over 6,000 adults. Pretty crazy, huh? Okay, first of all, there is a, so they call it a chronotype, but basically there's a strong genetic basis on how likely you're going to be a morning or a late person, and it's often influenced by the season in which you are born. So the uh. longer days following your following your birth, it's more likely to be a morning person. So, i.e. if you're born in the summer in the northern hemisphere, then you're more likely to be uh, bright-eyed, ready in the morning um, now that you're an adult. Huh. When were you born?
0: November. Oh, 22nd. so wrong
1: for you. I'm April, so I should be, well, I guess, yeah, April is kind of like a...
0: So you're saying the longer day people should be more of a morning person?
1: Yes. Interesting. Exactly. That's what they hmm. say. Huh. General, this is a correlation, right? But eveningness, they also are looking at the preference of getting up early or late or being a night owl on your health benefits. And it says that eveningness, so people who stay up late at night are associated to affective disorders, seasonal affective disorders, Mm -hmm. cardiovascular disease, and metabolic health issues. So part of the reason for poor health of night owls could be that at late night, you tend to enjoy more bad things, right? So drinking, smoking, late night snacking. Um, But also they found that in older participants, there's a shift toward earlier bedtimes but interesting fact: there is no change in the hour of awakening, generally speaking. If you're yeah. a night owl, you may go to bed earlier, but you still don't tend to wake up super early. Hmm. The, um, one cool thing for us night owls is you do tend to have better social lives as you spend more time socializing and entertaining.
0: <laughs> hmm. So you're but, a night owl? Would you say?
1: I mean, I would say, gen- like historically, like even as in through my childhood, I've always liked to sleep in and go to bed okay. late. But since I've been a mature adult, I go to bed a lot earlier.
0: Yeah, that's what happens.
1: Last thing I'll say is early chronotypes, so people who wake up early, they found uh, self-ratings of higher health, less smoking, less number of medications, less alcohol use, better exercise habits, quality of sleep was better, and even just getting around more easily. Crazy, huh?
0: Very interesting.
1: So... Anyways, we are going to go into our topic right now. We're on a, you know, we've sort of been bouncing around a little bit. But a while back, we had an optometrist, uh, Bumika Patel. She had reached out to us saying that she loved our shows and wanted us to do a series for doctors who wanted to open cold, giving some inspirations. Uh, And we've done a couple now. So back in July, mid-July, we had Brian Rogoff who talked on our optometrics episode, talked about different metrics you should look into in opening a practice. And then an episode or so later, we had Anith Pillay on talking about to cold start or not. We skipped a couple episodes, but today we are on about to talk about with some new guests.
0: All right, so we are going to jump right into our featured guest tonight. We have two very special uh, guests with us, uh, specialists in many different things. One thing in particular is being able to be married and not kill each other for an entire year while being in practice (laughs) together, Uh, but also... um, uh, many other things, which which we're going to jump into. So I had the pleasure of getting to know uh, Dr. Vicki Wong while I was a student uh, in AOSA. She was a year ahead of me and on the executive council of the AOSA. And uh, somehow along the line, uh, picked up this... Uh, Guy who is also in in optometry, or maybe he picked her up. I don't know. Um, and do. and so we're gonna we're gonna learn a little bit more about that and uh, uh, find out how they got to this point where they are right now. So I'm not gonna steal too much thunder here. I want to hear from you guys. So we got John, Doctor John Ayung here. Did I say you're, that right?
2: Absolutely correct.
0: Wonderful. And uh, Doctor Vicki Wong, thank you for joining us tonight.
1: Thanks for having Thank for us. having us. <laughs> just pleasure. a little so, background. We had a couple listeners ask for some tips from p- current doctors who have started practices. And that's yes. kind of what has leaded into this. And then add on the fact that you two are married. That's just like, whoa, <laughs> man. I just want to say, like, my husband and I have learned the things that we just don't work well together on. Which you know we obviously we got married so we worked together on a lot of things well but like we just pay people to do all the things we don't do well together, <laughs>
0: we just, which yeah. just don't do That's it. That's totally <laughs> a Seattle thing. I don't, know. Yeah, I don't I, know. We just that doesn't exist here in Pennsylvania. So know. you guys are in uh, Maryland, right? Um, yes. Yep. So that is uh, East Coast ish.
3: That's the East Coast.
0: Coast. What do you mean? Right.
3: Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know.
0: Mid <laughs> Atlantic. I don't know. Sometimes people <laughs> say different things, different regions. Right, right. Real, real quick, though, um, John, you're from, where are you from originally? Uh, oh, wow. Uh, I was born in Israel.
2: And Come uh, on. Yeah. My parents yeah. had a Chinese kosher restaurant. And, uh, yep. Awesome. And then here I am. Wow. That is very here cool. So. How long did you live there? I th- I, th- I don't remember, but I remember living there long enough for me to speak and write Hebrew.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Seriously?
2: Yeah, it's... it's
0: Very cool. Very cool. And then what? What happened then?
2: Uh, well, I guess, like, back then, every family's dream over there is to come to America. So we okay. we went from... Uh, I lived in Hong Kong for a little bit. Uh, I was born in Israel. Lived there... A couple years enough, like I said, to be able to speak and write Hebrew, lived in Greece and then moved to Florida, West Palm Beach. Is That's where, you know, I pretty much spent the rest of my uh, life there until I uh, moved up here in the uh, D.C. area.
0: International man of mystery. Seriously? Holy <laughs> food, Manny, I'm I still trying it. to figure out who I am. Yeah, forget so. <laughs> John. You're now Have international you man of mystery. I love it.
1: Would you say <laughs> you figured it out? Are you content with your resolution at this point?
0: uh never content with my life oh you quit it you have ever, <laughs> yeah. everything you need on the other half of this podcast right here and that is Dr. Nikki yeah, Wong absolutely she is just awesome at, at everything and I know that from working with her a little bit already but Dr. Dr. Wong where are you from originally
3: I'm international as well. I can't let him show me up. That's
0: right. (laughs) Oh No,
3: I was born in England, London, and um, didn't live there long enough to get a cool accent or anything. Too bad. Um, And then same thing, (laughs) my parents also wanted to move to the States for a better life, better opportunities, so we moved to Pittsburgh. And that's where I grew up until I went to school um, in Elizabethtown and then down to Nova Southeastern in Fort Lauderdale, where we met.
0: So you guys met in in optometry school yep that's right okay cool. do you guys argue
3: over if things
1: are called pop or soda no no Isn't that no. A i think play? we will
3: yeah it is um let's get I guess, <laughs> yeah i guess i i don't know i didn't pick up the lingo too much there <laughs> too I, and nothing's really stuck did you I guys didn't...
0: graduate the same year then you're in the same class same, same class. class. That's okay. That's what I thought. All right, cool. Same
3: class, same year.
0: How many people in your same class, same year ended up getting married?
3: We had so many. I feel like right. there's at least like 10, 12 couples. There was Whoa. something going at on in like the 10, Jungle something. Juice there. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, Nova School is a little bit larger too. Our class sizes were between like 100 and 115. Yeah. Yeah, and then we're it's, part of the interdisciplinary area. So right. there was also a lot of like dentals and DOs yeah. and stuff too. But it's a very even stressful in, time. Yeah, but even just yeah. in the optometry program, there was a lot of us. So you very guys cool. just
1: recently got married ish, right? You're essentially still yep. newlyweds.
3: Yeah, hasn't yep. been a year yet. No,
0: nope. <laughs> wow. even
3: a year. So
1: How we long it,
0: were you engaged?
3: We were engaged for two years.
0: Okay, cool.
3: While we Could did have been some, longer. Could have been
0: longer, but Vicky was like, "Come on,
3: never uh, soon enough."
0: Uh huh. Yeah, put a ring, put a ring on it. <laughs> Good. So, what were you going to say, Roya?
1: Well, so before we get into some of the meat and potatoes of our discussion, we thought it'd be fun to do a quick newlywed game since you guys are yes. newlyweds. So, so how are we going to do this? <laughs> yeah, right. how
0: are you? We we've li- all it. been we've all uh-huh. been to cheesy newlywed games where you know you kind of fill it out and you the other person answers it and makes the other person look like an idiot. So we're going to try and do our best to emulate mm. that here on the podcast. Perfect. Uh, so I'm going to start with, uh, Vicki. Um, you're going to, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer it. And then he's going to tell us if you're right or wrong. So mm-hmm. what did he wear on your first date? Scrubs, scrubs, scrub, a dub doves. He, <laughs> oh, he's wrinkling his nose. <laughs> Now tell me about your first date.
3: So I consider our first date just the library study dates and the library study sessions and stuff. And um, scrubs were our uniform at school.
0: Ah, cool. I like that. You guys wear scrubs at work now? No. No. I, <laughs> no. Is she right? Uh,
2: yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gonna, Good I, answer. I was going to say. I was going to say would you nothing, but
2: that's that's PG thirteen. Ah, scrubs. <laughs>
0: All right, fine. All Scrubs right, is my the turn. Answer. All right, Roya, yep. you ask.
1: Now it's your turn, John. Who is most likely to deal with a spider?
2: <laughs> oh me, <laughs> me. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: Vicky, is this true? This is very true. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good. No matter how big the size of the spider. <laughs> I agree. Or like
2: right.
0: if it's on <laughs> so, TV,
3: yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Vicky, which Disney character is he most like?
3: <laughs> it happens to also be one of my favorites. I feel like um, <laughs> Aladdin. Uh, yeah. Aladdin. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. International yep. flair, too. Oh my yeah. gosh. What do you think? What do you, if, you, if I was to ask the question, what is the Disney character that you feel you're most like, what would you have said? I will, for myself or for Vicky? No, you. <laughs> this is the uh, movie game. I mean, game. Is she right or
2: wrong? I think she's right cuz I was a nobody and I was able to marry a princess.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. oh man. Boom. Yeah.
0: Good answer. Oh, He's man. doing
1: good. <laughs> okay, serious question. John, who is the better driver?
2: Me. <laughs> yeah. She's an Asian and she's a woman. I mean, it's
0: Oh man. I could say that. Terrible. So. He can't.
2: <laughs> True or
3: false? <laughs> yeah, true. I also don't <laughs> like to drive either.
0: All right. So just to make a caveat on that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just no. <laughs> so, uh, Vicky, what are you most likely to argue about? And then, again, this is according you know, to John. What would he say? What would? Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, cleaning.
0: Mm. Yep. What would cleaning. You argue
3: about? Yeah, cleaning <laughs> duties or how things are cleaned.
0: <laughs> different than cle- like the way it should be done. Yeah. Right,
3: exactly. Somebody's a little particular. And it's, that. Not yeah. oh, really? <laughs> exactly, it's not me. Oh, really? it's not me.
0: Okay. So, can you elaborate? Is she right first of all? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. There's a certain
2: way There's a certain way that, you know, one towels have to be folded a certain way to fit in the <laughs> linen closet. Got to do it three way and when you are uh, cleaning things, you know,
3: yeah, so. We sometimes I use the wrong spray, apparently. I use the wrong type of towel. <laughs> we yeah, got a know. Johnny Marie
2: Kondo oh. over
0: here. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was just thinking. Did you ever watch that show? <laughs> no.
2: I got to watch no. the stuff again sometimes. He's got his own, over, own version I'll... over there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nah. All right. Well, I'd say that's essentially five out of five. So you guys are on, on a good track. <laughs> good track That right, was pretty good. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you so, guys passed. We kept it PG. Get, too. Right. i say it was pretty good. <laughs> All things considering. Well, James, let's talk about our real, real juice for today.
0: All right. So, you know... You guys are new business owners. You are new grads, still technically. Um, you're you're doing a ton of things. You're newlyweds. Lots of good advice for our listeners. And I think you know. First of all, I want to know a little bit more about uh, this this new practice. So, first of all, what's the name of the practice?
2: Eyes on Norbeck.
0: And did having a private practice always was that always something you guys wanted to do
2: that's something that i've always wanted to do it was uh,
3: never something i wanted (coughs) (laughs) not to own like not to own i wanted to work in a private practice but after taking some of the business classes at optometry school never something i wanted to take on myself
0: and (coughs) do you mind expanding on that at all and i mean you you have experience now in a private practice and a, a relatively successful one so you know do you mind expanding on how that experience has either fueled or not your fire to want to be part of this?
3: Yeah, I found out that I definitely wanted to be more on the private, like in the private practice, but also as more of like a private partner, private uh-huh. say. Um, yeah. I didn't need to be the face of it. Um, also, maybe just seeing how much work it was um For for Alan um, Glazier, who's my boss, uh, to run a private practice successfully for 20 something years, Um, I just realized that I wanted to be the type of doctor that, you know, goes in, can focus on patients, finish up on my charts and go home for the day and not have to worry too much else about that.
0: So you're in private practice full-time, have been. Um, and so, John, where were you at in this process? Were you working in another private practice, or what were you doing to get ready for opening this practice since it was something you always wanted to do?
2: It's always something I wanted to do. Uh, when I graduated from NOVA 2012, I wanted, wanted to move out of Florida to, to this area because it's a great area, D.C. area. Uh, I work for a corporate uh, company to get kind of one to kind of get some cash flow going to kind of learn the business learn the real-world optometry uh, I mean obviously this co- corporate companies there must be doing something right because they're multi-million dollar companies so I worked there for six years uh, I learned uh, the real world the f- optometry efficiency their benchmarks how how is it to run a business so I I, I I got a nice paycheck, but also I'd never forgotten what I wanted to do was open of private practice. So I left that. I was like, you know what, let me try a sublease, which I did. I did an hmm. independent sublease. Less overhead. Having a sublease allows me to do my own billing, to learn the marketing, to learn the accounting. Um, and then with, we
3: picked with, up a second one afterwards. Oh, really?
2: Too. Okay. Yep. And then... I was gonna uh get into another corporate, a bigger sublease for my third one, but then, you know, uh a mentor of mine, doctor Alan Glazer was like, What is your ultimate goal? I was like, Private right. practice, like, stop wasting time, open a private practice. So yeah, every position, career path that I chose was to for to get me to where I'm at here. You know, I just didn't graduate and then start a practice. I don't think I had enough experience enough um these pg-13 with balls to open the brain. <laughs> that's, that's okay yeah. off. this isn't pg-13 you could know, say whatever right? you want on here yeah and i needed a i needed a uh push a sh- sugar mama too so yeah there you go <laughs> got one right check but so yeah every position i've chosen was for this you know a lot of people would not corporate optometry or this or that uh uh practice modality you know it's you just gotta be there and, like, learn as much as you can. What you were know? the pros
0: and cons of a sublease?
2: You
1: literally just stole the words out of my mouth. Want to know. Yes. I mean, Tell
0: us.
2: Yeah. Well, the pros is it's independent, right? You can kind of set your own schedule. You get to see – you can do medical billing. Uh, you, the, you keep all your professional fees. You kind of have somewhat saying to your own schedule as well.
0: Did you have so, to – Vicky? what do you think? Is that true? Would you yeah. agree with what he just said?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought it was a good stepping stone is another good way to describe how our subleases were. And I say ours because when he dropped his corporate optometry side of the job um, and getting that steady paycheck, then it became, you know, my steady paycheck. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This so a the type of support, thing. like we were deciding, can we afford to take on a sublease and possibly right. not make any money for a while? Um, and then, at the, and then afterwards it was, can we take on a second sublease and, and split the days between there, between the two of us um, and so still is that work full
0: time? Did? did you have to bring somebody else on for other hours or how did that work?
2: Uh I worked those two different subleases. I worked maybe six and a half days. It's mm-hmm. so like three days here, four and a half days there, or three and a half days. So I would literally split. I mean even yeah. all, at one yeah, even in one day I would go from from one sublease from ten to two or three and then drive twenty minutes away from three to six. Um, but uh
1: tell me something that you learned from maybe both locations, right? Corporate and sublease. Obviously, you've said some pros for each, but, like, give me an actionable thing that you're like, they do that pretty well and that you've taken into practice now.
2: They're able to quantify the number of patients, number of sales, uh, like certain benchmarks, KPIs, key performance indicators. Uh, They're able to... uh, pretty much quantify you know seeing patients is one thing but being able to maximize both uh, pretty it's it's kind of hard to explain because I have so many things going in my mind right now kind of like the business basically
3: like a benchmark to know like butts and chairs how many it takes to pay off for that day um, to earn the salary that we need to right Um, but they thought of a lot of other things like all the overhead that we wouldn't have to but then that was something we had to calculate into the new mm. office as a new build. Everything was our you know, own overhead.
2: Right, And during the corporate time uh, when I was a W-2, I also trained new grads. I also went to different states when they acquired these oh, cool. practices from this company. So I kind of learned some leadership, supervising skills uh, and be able to held, me- hold meetings like, hey, this is the month of December. This is what we got to do. This is how many patients we need to see. So I was able to We'll take all that and put it into my private practice Go now. Which so what I do hold monthly meetings? Oh,
0: cool. what uh, what was the was there a straw that broke the camel's back or was there I mean you mentioned the talk with uh, Dr. Glazier, you you mentioned, you know, just uh, the thought about maybe taking on a third sublease. What what really made the decision to jump into, you know, now having your own private practice? Was there anything or was it like time? Did you have a time set?
2: So that's the case. That was the thing is that I was wasting time. I was looking at established practices. I was thinking about this established lease. Uh, but he was like, you know, just start your own. And instead yeah. of taking over some, someone else's dream, just build your own, you know? Yeah. And uh, so what me
0: pull the trigger. So you made the decision and then you had to decide where to put it. Right. So that was one that's a big thing that a lot of people need to really, really think about. So you're in a relatively expensive area uh, from what I know of it. Yes. Um, Very
3: expensive. (laughs) Right. I mean,
0: it's pretty it's maybe one of the most expensive areas in the country. Right. Um, So how did that play into it? Not just the expense, but just trying to pick an area that's going to work, right, for lots of different reasons. So what went into the decision of location for you?
2: Want me to um, let, let me take this? Let me just
3: start off I'd like off to hear with, from both of you, you yeah. <laughs> I'll start off with, um, well, we already had um, our house, which we bought mm, th- four years ago at this point. Um, and that was after we figured, you know, we're going to stay in Maryland. I had been at my job for three, four years at that time, um, and it was my first job out of residency. And um, he decided, yeah, you know, Maryland's good. We're gonna stay here. That's where my sublease is gonna be. Um, So then just being around in our area, we knew what area is busy, what's good foot traffic, and where are places that we frequent ourselves in terms of shopping plazas or malls and or like what are the good medical complexes around here? So we just personally just drove through a couple of these shopping plazas around town. Um, We knew we wanted to be close enough from ho- to home because another strong aspect that we wanted to make sure was part of our mission and our motto was that we wanted to be the community doctors and we wanted to be there for the community and, and make sure that we're serving an, an underserved area, not just um, an area that already has, you know, so many opticals and, and medical offices around and we would just be just another one.
1: So then did you talk to a real estate agent or like how did what was the next step to finalize
2: it? Yeah, we connected with a uh real estate agent that uh Vicky's boss connected me to. We found a place, he negotiated, he did a lot of the A lot work.
3: of the paperwork and the so lot of a stuff met. that we don't know.
2: Yeah, a lot of yeah stuff that we don't know. So the lingo we don't know. So right. he took care of us very, very well, negotiated, told us what's right, what's wrong, yeah. how we can negotiate this, we shouldn't take this. So it was great. So you, we drove feel- through
3: Oh, sorry. So we drove all, through a yeah, couple of plazas and we found this plaza that is um, eight minutes away from our house. We, we shop at that Safeway. We've been to that CVS and we've been to some of those um, restaurants that are in the plaza. And in our area, um, these you know outdoor shopping plazas are pretty popular, better, sometimes more populated than malls and easier parking and everything. And in our DC metro suburb area, free parking is something that is very coveted for office yeah. buildings or um, in general, like medical offices, too. Um, So that we knew was a plus. And then it was close to our community. Um, So then we just called up the uh, I guess that was the landlord that we called. And I was looking up online as we're in the car. It was like nighttime, like nine o'clock after dinner. We had just gone somewhere. I looked it up on the uh, real estate brochure for that landlord. I was like, babe, it's space 20. And I was like, the square footage in here, it's 2,020 square feet. That's 2020.
0: It's a sign.
3: (laughs) We've got a call. And he's like, okay, I mean, I was really wanting that other space. And it was like space 14 or something like that. I was like, that one's too small. That one's only like 1,500. We'll never grow. I was like, this one's 2,000 square feet. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. (laughs) And then we started talking to our broker, um, who we um, then started talking to like almost every other day (laughs) at that point. Um, and, uh, then we find out that that other space that he wanted ended up being taken over by a Verizon wireless store. So it wasn't even a a thing anyways, but yeah, um, after, afterwards it was, um, for that space, space 20. That's
0: awesome. That is so cool. So
3: you find a, a location,
1: but I guess out of what order did you do in finding maybe a loan? Did you get a loan first or did you talk to some, like, how does that go? Yeah. Order of Our broker
3: completely gave us a good checklist and guidelines. Um, it was uh, Antonis. Um, he has been working with other uh, new startups in both the optometry and the dental side of things. So he knew like, okay, well, we've got connection with the landlord now. Now you have to decide um, a working capital type of budget um, so that you can present it to a loan officer. And then we applied for a couple different um, banks. Um, Some of them wanted a a regular type of business loan and another one wanted us to apply for small business loans. So we all learned all the same time um, for that kind of stuff because Antonis has actually never um, helped anyone through a small business loan before. But in our particular area, because of that um, type of suburb we're in, I guess that was what was available and what was offered. And, um, And even though a lot of people say that student loan debt is good debt. It still wasn't completely good, <laughs> which is why we didn't qualify for some of the other loans that are more like the commercial type of loans. Huh, um, interesting. So we had to yeah. specifically apply for a small business loan and we got that through um, Fidelity Bank. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then afterwards, or not afterwards, during everything, it was like juggling five different balls in the air between uh, having to apply for the loans and then being on call for the bank people and then being on call for the landlord people because then they wanted um, you know of course blueprints and plans of everything and, and, and some um, expected dates and things then we had to t- you know have the ball of the, the interior decorating and the architecture and the design Oof. so and then did I'd you do stop. that
0: independently or did you do, use a, a service? I designs. Uh, yeah we I used eye
1: designs. Cool. designs yeah oh, You're cool. great I thought you meant You're like awesome. eye design.
3: <laughs> designs and they're out of pennsylvania so they're pretty um well known on the east coast i guess Yeah. because i think mm-hmm. california has another one that's more popular over there so
0: probably West sucks
3: coast.
1: but oh. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: california.
3: <laughs> bigger and better duh. Um, and then we had to interview contractors for the build out itself to make sure that hey this is the architecture and the blueprint that we want and these are the materials that we're expecting can you work with it and um Again, a lot of saturation in this area, so we went through a couple of different contractors. Just talking with them, we chose one that was very local to here. So same mm-hmm. thing, staying in the community, local business. Um, and he had a he had a smaller sized company, so we felt like we were very uh, we were handled well and always. You know could text them and and get some updates and emails were pretty good what do you awesome. so all these things are kind of like things you of course you know that
1: they're coming but like you don't really know how to deal with these things until you deal with yeah. them right so mm-hmm. what yep. resources did you guys use while you were going through all these processes Google
2: uh, and Antonis Google <laughs> Odie's on Facebook uh, a lot of yeah. googling uh, her boss, other ex- yeah. other wise optometrists that you know that yeah. really that really wants to help us, so we would always ask for help. But a lot of a lot of it would be a lot of Google and our uh, real estate we, broker.
3: I reached out as well within our like state association because um, at that point I was volunteering with our state association. as like a trustee in the Young OD committee. Um, so just talking to some of the um, people that have been established. It just so happens that most of our state association trustees, presidents, and vice presidents, they all own their own um, private practices at one point or mm-hmm. another, too. So that, that was a good mentor kind of link to, to reach for. Um, Kevin Johnson was another yeah. OD that uh, really helped us out. Right.
2: Awesome. I felt, that, I felt that the hardest question was, do I want to open a practice? <laughs> yeah. And it took a couple years to finally, for me to, I know what I wanted, uh, that i want it, but can i do it but once i figured that i'm gonna do it i'm gonna freaking do it everything else falls into place yeah i mean I, pg-13 right so i mean everything uh, falls into place you know it's like what do i do with the designer okay now i gotta ask somebody how do how do i find one you know and now i gotta find an attorney for contracts where do i right. go those uh, are yeah. all pretty easy it, it seems hard but once you have a space that you want to open one, it's like, I'm going to open one. Everything else just seems easier. Yes, there's headaches, but... Yeah. Yeah, Well, Okay,
1: what about this? I mean, of course things fall into place, but for anyone who's, like, looking into starting this themselves, what are, like, one or two things that, like, really kicked you in the butt that you wish you knew to do in advance? Like, one one or two of your biggest headaches, maybe one from each of you.
0: Oh,
2: God. Um... I mean, there's a lot of them, but what is
0: the
3: most? <laughs> just unexpected costs, I would say, in general. Unexpected, unexpected costs. Unexpected costs with our contractor and certain things that we expected to be delivered on a certain day that didn't get delivered. Then that would cost us extra because that yeah. would push us on a delay in timeline. So just unexpected costs, I guess, because up until now, I feel like everything we've done has been expected and planned of us. Like I knew how much college was gonna cost. I knew I know how much my first car was gonna cost. I knew how much I could afford for that. Um, I know how much my student loans are after after optometry school, but then afterwards you're you're thrown out there, and there's ballpark numbers that you can't even begin to Fathom. to estimate either. <laughs> right. Yeah, because we're in you know this DC suburb area, so yes, things are more expensive, but you don't know how much more expensive should it be compared to like the national average. So even if we googled stuff and it said you know flooring should cost you five thousand dollars, and we're getting. We're getting estimates back for like fourteen thousand. I'm like, oh my Whoa. god, Maybe
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to know, walk on
0: regretting
3: it. the twenty twenty <laughs> square footage.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: So just unexpected costs in general, but maybe it wasn't anything we could do.
0: Tell <laughs> me about uh, equipment. What what kind of equipment did you feel like you wanted to get just to start? You know, I, I imagine it's not you know as much as you want in the future potentially, but mm-hmm. what did you need just to get started? Digital. Foropter. that's
2: that's I needed that. Okay, wa- interesting.
3: Yeah, he wanted that wow factor because he's had that at um, the other subleases that he's had. So okay. I didn't care. I'm used to a standard Foropter. I'm not right. bougie like he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
2: love it. And digital and uh, digital photography. What okay. yeah,
1: what camera? Photos. Any particular yeah. one did you care for? Uh,
2: I just got I got the Topcon uh, ND 400, I believe. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now yeah, those Wonderful. those are must haves. Those are definitely must haves. I still have a manual for Raptor when I do retinoscopy. <laughs> oh, do
0: yeah. you have any? Do you have something on the wish list? Next step. Um. Oh like- Our next
3: one should be our outfitting lane two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, so have we have a room for it. Right
0: now. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Fantastic. Okay. So you have some work to to work towards. Go ahead, Roy.
1: So. From the moment you're like, should I buy Should I get this third sublease, have the conversation? No, maybe you should just get your own, to first patient in the door. How long is that time? How long did that window take? Or even honestly, like how long from signing your lease to first patient in the door? Maybe give both of those.
2: I would say about nine, 10 months. Yeah.
1: Yeah. From signing it's the lease or you. from deciding?
3: Pulling the
2: ribbon. No, From it's deciding. Soon as
3: it's-
1: from
2: From as deciding. soon as we, as soon as we signed a letter of intent that we want the space, and we were promised in quotation that we got this space, lease negotiation, bank negotiation, uh, general contract negotiations took about close to eight nine months until I first saw my patient.
0: Nice, I love it. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna transition a little bit. I, I first of all just want to say. Thank you for doing it. I think um, you know it's it's a goal that's a large percentage of uh, young optometrists and optometry students have. A lot of our listeners, uh, <clears throat> I think we hear so much about um, you know how hard it is and how difficult it is and impossible it is. And hopefully in this conversation, you know, people feel that somewhat of it is. Demystified in the sense that if you want to make it happen, you can make it happen, but it definitely requires some balls. Oh, it's <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's and, a lot of hard said, work and, and hard work, yeah, and dedication, support, and so um, congratulations and, and good you. work uh, on doing that. Now, the other phase of this discussion is that you're married, and so I know that right now. Um, maybe you're not both part-time is that accurate or n- not both full-time is that accurate in the private practice
3: in the I'm new full-time. one I, yeah he's full-time there and i'm full-time at um, my regular shady grove office
0: so you don't see patients there at all
3: very yet. rarely mm-hmm. rarely yeah. okay. <laughs> very rarely um more is like a fill-in
0: okay yeah she's my fill-in <laughs> is, is that a, a... Because we
3: only have one lane. Um, right. So it is really only for one doctor right now. Um, we're proud that now we're seeing on average about five to six patients a day. When I say we, it's still our office, but... Yeah. Um, on the other end, then, you know, at my regular office, I'm seeing, like, 19, 20 patients a day. And I'm like, oh, my God, my day was so long. And you'd be like, oh, mine, too. I had six whole patients. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Shut <laughs> up. <Yeah. laughs>
0: it's different. <laughs> yes, it is good. different. I
3: get all of my patients all worked up for me and everything. Right. Um, I don't have to do any of the billing. And, again, that's, that's what I wanted. So that's what I right. went into. <laughs>
0: right. Is there is there a future where you see yourself working there, too? Or is that not yet? discussed or? No,
3: not in the foreseeable future. Yeah. I think okay. um, it's no. it's fine the way it is. Uh, I don't see it being busy enough yet. Um, realistically okay. and practically, we're thinking, you know, we've got to support both of our student loans, which we still have. We right. have a, a mortgage. So we bought a house first. <laughs> yep. um, we bought a house first, then bought a business and then got married, which is a very not one- straightforward way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it was the, we went with practicality. Um, luckily our parents understood and, and supported us and everything too. So that helped out a lot. Um, but we paid for everything ourselves.
0: Good for you. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. So, and, and even though you're not working there on a daily basis, you're still, you know, this business partner, am mm-hmm. I right about that? Yeah, Absolutely. She said, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there's still, I imagine, you know, discussions that take place about the business. And so we, I, both of us did some research on, you know, things to consider when working with your spouse. And of course, there's lots of different statistics out there about this. And so I'm going to just mention a few points that I Mm -hmm. was able to glean from the internet, which knows everything about everything. So... (laughs) I want you to then tell me what you think about this. So number one, full disclosure of true aspirations. So talk candidly about your business and personal goals early and often. Take time to write a business plan, obviously, and and a life plan so that professional and personal goals are clearly revealed and discussed. While you will uh, definitely learn about your spouse, you might even learn a little bit more about yourself. Is this something that you've done? Vicky, yeah. let me hear what you have to say.
3: Yeah, um, yeah I think we I mean, did it. And just like in our relationship, we focused on what each other's good at. Um, so I've been more the one to do the personal, financial, kind of our home goals. Um, uh-huh. And then he's the one like I, I made him completely do the entire workup for the business plan and, and that the the plan overall for that. Because again, that was not something I'd really dreamed of. Um, it wasn't something I had looked into, but I knew how I wanted my life, like personal life to go. So right. we focused I mean, on each other's I just strengths add, do there. sense That I
2: business plan was actually, not to be cocky, was pretty easy to draft up because it was something that I thought about every single day, every single night. I was breathing private practice. So a lot of times people would say, I can't get started on a business plan. Was it hard for you? I'm like, it was actually pretty easy. The only difficult part was actually the numbers
0: uh, right. across the nation. Number it's, it's two. Something's passionate. It's easy. Yeah. Right. Right. And obviously you guys, you guys have that. No. Number two, know your role. So work with your husband or your wife to define crystal clear roles with precise, measurable goals that have specificity and realistic deadlines. If your business has employees, be sure they understand your position and your spouse's position in the organization. It may feel uncomfortable, but consider drafting a formal job description for yourself and your spouse that you then share with your employees so they have a clear understanding of what you both do in the business." This is an interesting thing because I uh, bought into a practice. Um, mm-hmm. I own half of a practice that that I am part of. And my partner, uh, his wife was, you know, technically part of the office. She's an optometrist. But she doesn't practice. She hasn't for a decade or more. Um but it's interesting, when she comes into the office, everybody's, like, on their best behavior because they know, <laughs> you know, like, she, you know, Dr. Kislin's wife's here, which they call, you know, Dan- Dr. Um, uh, Sandra, um, which is just funny because no one else does that except our employees. Like, no one else on the face of the planet calls her doctor. Anymore. And she's, She does not practiced. Many people don't even know that she's a doctor, but mm. uh, she is. Um, interestingly, when my wife comes around, I think, you know, there's a similar – vibe anyway i i wonder how that interaction plays out with employees i mean obviously it's different you are practicing you do see patients there i do you have employees yes so how does that work i mean could you vicky go into the office and see something not going the way that you would expect it to be going and reprimand them would you do that how does that work
2: yeah i mean we don't have a defined role uh, we do have employees. I see the patients the majority of the time, but when Vicky does come in, they are—they're actually on their be- good behavior. For some reason, they're afraid of you. I don't know. Maybe because you don't see her enough, and I'm like the doctor, clown, comedian. I'm kind of like that Michael Scott guy at the office. So, but um, uh-huh.
0: So, so is everybody kind of like you know straighten up when she walks in is that kind of what happens yeah cause
2: they don't they, they don't really interact with her that much um,
0: but they, they know they she's just the know, boss
2: they know she's the boss yeah even though yeah. my name's on the door on top of hers but yeah
3: <laughs> that's yeah, just how, how it is, the is the alphabetically I, I was, I was mean, gonna say just that's ABC order it's
1: just,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. no but I we like, do not have defined roles but whenever we do decide obviously on frames equipment uh, payrolls Vicky and I both discuss it. If I have any question in terms of like any equipment or any purchases, I always ask her first. Obviously,
0: that that is uh, the one thing that I kept running into, and I don't know if you guys looked into this at all. As far as like, okay, this is different now. Us being business partners versus being you know married partners, life partners. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that you know, yeah, you actually do or should you know define roles that was one thing i kept running into so i'm certainly not giving you advice because i'm not Uh you know working with my spouse but that was it's an interesting thing to discuss Mm. anyway uh he
3: asks me more about like if i if he should purchase this or that for the office more than anything like if it's something purchased for the house or anything like that for sure right
0: yeah cool cool roya what's next
1: I think this kind of goes along with the other one that he was just saying, but essentially keeping it equal or respecting each other's authority, respecting each other's authority. So whether it be the responsibilities, your work ethic, and obviously considering the fact that you guys both work at different offices, work ethic isn't about how much you put in or the fact that you saw six patients and you saw 20. But knowing, having a similar idea or just kind of knowing expectation-wise of what each of you is going to do, I think – will help uh, keep uh, like you know the burden or making, making one person feel like they're overburdened by one part so obviously working hard and uh, avoiding that frustration that can cause uh, that can be led to from extra work when you are working mm-hmm. multiple days a week and balancing all these things kind of seems like you're already it, talking about that but
0: yeah love it. number four is remember how you spoke to each other you, oh. on your first date remember how in love you guys are and, and yeah. were continue to be right. So we all fire off emails and text message hur- text messages hurriedly to each other throughout the day, press for time. Sometimes uh, we omit friendly, you know, thank yous and, and so on and so forth. So do you find that, you know, in, in now being business partners, that your conversation has changed at all or is different or do you communicate differently about business stuff? than you would you know going out to eat or it's the uh, same same
3: it's the same i guess um some of the more official decisions we have to do we deliberately do it on email so that we can go mm-hmm. back to it and 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 know yeah. what we said versus just like oh i remember this that's a great so. tip
1: I think I should just do that in my yeah. relationship in general.
2: That's actually something. Uh, well, that, well, that's yeah. also
3: why we have a shared calendar. So I'm like, babe, it was on the calendar. <laughs> I, don't look at, I
2: don't look at the it's, calendar.
3: It's on. It's in print. It's there.
0: Uh, that's, that's what Roya says to me too. Wow. Fun. Yeah. Um, I don't look life. at the calendar. <laughs> life tips Number five is pillow talk, and it kind of goes back to this same thing that we were just talking about. Do you set guidelines as far as when, okay, hey, we're out to eat or we're doing this, we're doing that. We are not talking about business. No. We, we talk
2: we, we no. talk business 24-7. <laughs> we talk about food 24-7. We talk about vacation 24-7. Um, we don't really have – I mean – I don't feel like I, we
3: have limitations. I think this is awesome yeah. this,
2: the way Vicky and I are actually together, and how I have no, you know, what do you call it? restrictions on what yeah, to
0: no talk about, what to talk about. No
3: hesitations. If something's coming up, something's come up, then we yeah. talk about it.
0: I love yeah. it, and I think what we need to do, and I don't expect anything to ever change in regard to this, but I'd love to do like a anniversary talk. <laughs> in a year okay. or two years just because you guys are going to grow and I think have so much to help us with and, and share with us because this is all still very new, right? We're mm-hmm, you know, Absolutely, yeah. I think I
1: think too it's cool that you guys have a really simple, obviously you work together, you're business partners, you have the same job and a lot of us have the same stresses and that oftentimes can feed off of each other when two people have similar stresses but you have enough separate that it yeah. makes it that you don't fully share all the same stresses right or you can bring light or lessen each other's worries about certain things while truly knowing what each other is going through
0: yeah she does a great job doing that To to wrap things up here I want to know Vicky what is your spirit animal
3: an owl oh good I'm going to have to say an owl that's like my favorite animal Um, (laughs) why not that I question it but it what? was like from many years ago, like while I was still in Optometry School, um, I had a little cousin that asked me, oh, owls, aren't they your favorite animal? And it wasn't at that time yet. And um, he was like, oh, they must be your favorite because they have really big eyes and you like eyes. <laughs> 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 Uh, and they have good vision and I'm like well that's like not me because I'm a minus (laughs) 1050
0: oh my god but I do like
3: eyes oh my contacts are minus 9
0: ooh ooh right. vertex appreciate that and uh Um, but yeah my full power is like a
3: 1050 but um that's not the owl part, um, but uh, yeah, I really, I really like owls. We incorporated them into the office, oh god, um, especially so when I found an owl That's- figurine with glasses on it. I was like, "Oh my god, we Must need to have. get that." <laughs> get an owl tattoo, Obviously. Yes. later. Um, but I think uh, it's uh, yeah. it's a good symbolism of um, our my line of work, um, the wisdom and everything. And and ironically, I'm also more of a night owl, where he's more oh, of yeah. a morning. Rooster? That, would that be a
0: rooster? I don't know. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, night owl. <laughs>
2: that, that, that pigeon? I don't know what that is.
0: But yeah. I love it. Well, All now right, that you've so... had
3: time to think about
1: it, John, what's yours? Yeah. And don't let her upstage you. <laughs> yeah, which I think yeah.
2: she already did. Yeah. She did. I mean, <laughs> owl thing. I mean, I always like, if you guys know what a koi fish is. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah, I like the symbolism because the koi fish has to swim upstream, kind of like a salmon. Yep. Through the battles and everything, through the struggles, whatever it is, it's just got to make it up
0: there. Um, that's what I think It's very Asian of me. I thought koi fish were just in ponds and like, gu- <laughs> like bonsai. No, that's
2: symbolism. <laughs> that's when they, that's they get the
0: domesticated.
1: They're the domestic.
0: I'm the wild one.
1: That's when they go, oh, where they go okay. to retire. All right. yeah. <laughs> koi fish are old, very too. Cool. Did you know that, Jimmy? They don't have no, koi huge. over in his neck of the woods. Koi- Tell no, them how old koi some here. koi fish are. You probably know more than me. I'm sorry. Tell him how old some koi fish are. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I mean, I thought they were going to be like maybe 50, 70 years old.
1: I think some can be like 100. Like they can get old. I'm going to have to reference this. I'm going to set a link. I'm going to do a little (laughs) research for all of this. But I'm almost sure they get old,
0: (laughs) real old. Oh, huh. I didn't know that more to come no, we don't, check don't it out we'll link Koi. it almost
3: sure it's 100
2: next year <laughs> <laughs> hey, the one year we'll come
3: we'll back with the you. answer in the one year <laughs> <Yeah>. anniversary <laughs> podcast
2: <laughs> perfect. perfect well you guys thank Love you so it.
1: much for chatting with us and I know thank our you. listeners are going to be super appreciative hearing about all of your uh, everything you've gone through to get to the point you are right now well that's it before we go, reach out to us for feedbacks, questions, stories, things you want us to talk about, either on our Instagram, Facebook, or call or text us, 920-350-8622. We never depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both for their amazing lenses and the great people they are to work with. And be sure to tune in and listen to our next episode. But until
2: then, try not to blame.